handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. everybody to another episode of the righteous brick podcast i'm your host jl covan it's 10:07 a.m east coast time on may 30th in the year of our lord 2022 it's memorial day folks when we honor our fallen heroes uh from our wars and from our comedy careers so thank me for my service just kidding guys um lots to talk about uh today i guess um Gambling updates, you know, uh, for people who've been listening, and that's very few of you, um, for people who've been listening since before the pandemic, when I moved to New Jersey, um, you know, I felt sort of, uh, I needed some excitement. I was in a smaller town. I no longer had the buzz of New York City, except when I was just going to and from work. Uh, so I started internet gambling because it was legal in, uh, in New Jersey. And once I started making lots of money and having other pressures, uh, and stresses gambling just didn't do it for me. So I really wasn't gambling, but now that my life and comedy career are, are taking a, a relative nosedive, uh, I've suddenly discovered the, the love of vice again and, uh, have begun gambling. Now I have accounts on multiple sites and yesterday I looked up, I said, what's, what's, what are some of the other sites? Because uh, betonline.ag is the sponsor of my other podcast, Making Podcasts Great Again, which you should check out. Um, uh, but it's, uh, especially this past week, uh, I was really at the top of my game in terms of both the regular feed and the Patreon stuff. I did a 25-minute episode as Baron Trump, which was just, uh, you know, fans of the show are saying it's, it's one of the greatest things we've ever done on the show. And by we, I mean me. Um, and, <laughs> um, but I, uh, we're sponsored by betonline.ag. So I was like, Hey, I, I want to use my show sponsor and they give you like a bonus, uh, a bonus, uh, you know, sign up up to a certain amount. So I was like, yeah, well, they sponsor my show and I'm gambling anyway, not available in New Jersey. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that makes that, that tracks, that tracks for JL's brand. Uh, sponsored, can't even support his own sponsor. So I don't know what that means, but it just feels on brand. So uh, I'm already a, a draft king. Uh, I'm thinking my new tour should be called the Draft Kings of Comedy, um, where I perform for 19 people in back rooms of bars across the country. Um, but I was looking at other sites, and FanDuel had a, uh, a giveaway where they would match a thousand dollars like in other words i can put up to a thousand dollars in my account bet it and if i lose they will reimburse my first bet up to a thousand dollars so i said well that sounds like i'm gonna put a thousand dollars in my uh fan duel account and i thought this is you know i, I when i saw uncut gems uh, i guess this would have been like right before the pandemic 
Um, you know, I've always been told I look sort of like Adam Sandler, but I had a really good Sandler uncut gems impression. And I ha- I wanted to rewatch the movie just to fine tune it, but it was basically Dustin Adam. I, I don't even have it. I don't think, but I, I the, the 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 low the what was that the the North Star of the uh, impression was him going KJ KJ because he was talking to Kevin Garnett a lot in the movie. But uh, this is how I win. Um, but I just thought I felt very uncut gems. Uncut JLMs is what I thought I'd start to calling my resurgent gambling segment. But um, you know, I said. I could bet a thousand dollars on the Miami Heat to win Game Seven, and if they win, I win thirteen hundred dollars. This is how I win, and I did that. I said, "Come on, Heat, the Heat is on," and other '80s puns. And of course, my nephew was doing studying uh, over in my apartment uh, yesterday, and then we watched uh, a, a uh, XXX Tentacion uh, documentary on Hulu, which I will get to shortly. But um, obviously. When you have a crowd cheering you on as you're gambling, it entices you to gamble. It's like it's like craps, but for ruining my life on the internet. And my nephew, when he's like a thousand bucks, that's like a free bet if they're going to give it back to you. I go, well, they're not just giving me back a thousand dollars. I have to then spend that thousand on the website again. And this is how I win. And uh, KJ, KJ, what if I buy a thousand dollars against your old team, the Celtics? You think I'm gonna win? And I uh, I didn't win. I didn't win. They lost by four points at home. And they were underdogs. Miami was underdogs. But I still just thought, come on, one time. One time, come on, come on. I disagree. <laughs> That's what FanDuel said to me when I said, I would like to bet on the Heat to win. I disagree. These are all Uncut Gem quotes, folks. So if you're like, what the fuck is going on? I think Uncut Gems is on Netflix. So, you know, once again, JL alienating his fans with pop culture references that they don't know. But um, but then what did I do this morning? I woke up and I put my slippers on one foot at a time like a normal guy. And I opened up my laptop and saw that FanDuel had kept their word and put that $1,000 in FanDuel credit into my account. And I said, let it ride. We're betting on the New York Rangers tonight. They have Carolina has, I believe, not lost a home game. And I said, you know what? If the thousand on the Rangers comes through, it's like I never even lost money. It's like I never lost a bet because this will this bet will pay basic this bet will pay me winnings. So I get my obviously my money back, and then it'll pay me winnings of twelve twenty. So twelve twenty is only eighty dollars less than I would have won if the Miami Heat had won. So, uh, everybody out there, uh, thoughts and prayers for the New York Rangers tonight. Let's hope they come through. Um, and then I obviously have a great bet on on DraftKings for the Golden State Warriors to win the title, which is no guarantee. Boston, I have a I have a direct a DM conversation with a fan where I said uh, a month and a half ago I said I think Boston's going to win it, but the odds were too good on Golden State, so I placed my bet on Golden State because I thought that's the higher value. So now I'm one series away from Golden State coming through for me on that uh, that big bet. But uh, more immediate is the Rangers because, um, you know, this will determine whether I continue my relationship with FanDuel or not. Um, or if I get, you know, Alexander Hamilton. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and... Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. impression right there. How about that? You're getting all the content you can't afford to see live. But it's on Disney Plus, guys. This is just this is like homework, guys. It's it's like one of those Shakespeare Folger editions where it's like every other word has a translation on the other page or in the footnotes. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you jokes and references and then telling you where you can get actually understand the jokes later. But we need uh we need fan FanDuel to come through, and more importantly, we need the New York Rangers to come through tonight. So come on, Rangers. Win. Just win. That's all I need. One game. One song. Glory. Rent reference. Uh, one, one win, guys. Please. Come on, blue shirts. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go. Um, 
and I know my mom has been because my uncle was such a big Rangers fan. My mom is like, as as she is wont to do, just very emotionally invested in the Rangers winning. You know, it feels like ah, it feels good for Uncle John. So if the Rangers lose tonight, they're not just costing me money; they're shaming my family and upsetting my mom. So let's go Rangers, let's go. Um, but you know what? Next week I have another update. Maybe by next week I'll be like the Rangers lost and uh, Steph Curry blew out his knee. So this is how I lose. Um, but yeah, it's fun. We're back. We're back in gambling because we need some fix because as you guys who listen to me, you know, my comedy career, I, I crunched the numbers so far, the trajectory I'm on financially, just my comedy earnings. And this by next year, I will officially like if, if the, tr- if the charts, if the, if the JL, uh, comedy stock market continues, on the trajectory it's on from 2020 to 2021 to 2022 by 2023 we will be back at 2018 comedy earnings so in a short span of time thanks to social media algorithms complete uh complete rejection from the industry and just general malaise. And of course, I think the un, 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 unspoken factor here is I do believe one of the things I can't escape now is my comedy is varied. It's voluminous. And it's other things with the word V. Um, between the stand-up content, the impressions, the sketch videos, etc., the podcast, a lot of, lot of stuff there, a lot of variations, a lot of, lot of high-quality content. But I think for most of my fans, I am... Not you guys, obviously. I mean, once again, it goes without saying that. And now, now it also goes to saying that my podcast numbers for this podcast are identical to what they were in February of 2020. Take that for what it, what it's worth. But like, literally, yeah, I think it's different people listening now in some. But my numbers for this podcast, the JL show, are identical to what they were before anybody heard of me. So, you know, that's one of those things where you go. Well, is what what is? I mean, I'm appreciative, but you sort of start going, oh, so so we're back to in a weird way. I'm almost back to I'm, by next year. I will be back to 2018 levels of engagement, of financial uh, intake, and it's just a weird. I think we can all agree it's just strange that I never got my full shot. I just sort of did the best I could for a couple of years, and. Then it just was gone. I, like I, it feels like I got canceled, but I didn't get. I didn't do any. I didn't actually get canceled. It just sort of a cancellation organically happened. Um, and then this morning, in, on top of the FanDuel stuff, my my brother wrote me about. I had called a fan a cunt on Twitter. Um, I bleeped it out with asterisks. But you know, if you're if you know your your curse words, you know that I wasn't calling the person. Uh, uh, well, there is no other word that can really go in there. C-U blank T. Any other words there? No, there isn't. So you know what I'm talking about when I do that. But um, And I think he, he was right. He was like, you know, I think some people that like your comedy could be very turned off because some of your responses to replies, I don't know why you reply to them, but I'm not in that social media world. But some of them seem very harsh and could turn off, you know, fans who like your comedy. It could be off-putting. And on top of that, um, you know, even though your nephew is not following you on that platform, some of his friends do find your stuff and see your stuff and could share it with him. And just keep, he was like, keep that in mind. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you're right. I, you know, yeah, I, I react too aggressively because I think this business has, in the words of Scarface, all I have is my word and my balls. And I didn't think I'd be at that place. I didn't think I'd be at the Scarface desperation level of comedy, um, where it's like, after all the success I had, I didn't think I'd be at the, uh, yeah, all I have is my name. And if somebody wants to shit on my stuff, I'm going to rip their throat out uh, metaphorically on Twitter. But I think that just speaks to why this is not for me. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, I was anticipating and hoping that I would have a sort of sustainable infrastructure for my comedy career by now. Um, and I don't, I don't, it's, 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 it's just, I'm less, I'm a year away statistically from just being back where I was in 2018, which is, I mean, you know, I'm grateful to all the opportunities and all the fans I made, but it sort of speaks to the, 
fickle, useless nature of everything that I did and accomplished. If, if I end up literally, before I even get that chance to elevate my career, my career plummets back down to where it was before most of you knew who the fuck I was. Um, and it would be one thing if I had been quote unquote canceled or if I had gotten like an agent and I cursed out a fan on stage and then fucked up a tonight show appearance and, uh, bombed five auditions. I get it, but I, I haven't, I, all I've done is nail the one audition I got for a big show, make a ton of money and build up a social media following that for obvious reasons, uh, the dreaded algorithm word that I say at least five times a show. But it's just, it's, it's, and I thought to myself with my brother saying that to me, I was like, part of me is like, well, this is what I have to do. I have to be aggressive like this because this is all I, this is, this is creeping back into the territory where all I have is my reputation and my integrity. So when somebody, some, some piece of shit wants to, and it's not that they're like affecting me on a, it's more, it's, it's not, they're not affecting me on a, oh my God, are they right? Are they, they're affecting me on a, you don't spit in my face. If you're if we're walking on the street, you don't spit in my face. And if we're on social media, you don't you don't shit on my my stuff. But just because because I won't I won't allow it. Um, and if I were doing better, it'd be easier to ignore. But I'm and I don't mean this as a pity party. I just mean this is how I was before any of you knew me, because I take pride in my shit and I don't I don't. I think the comparison I've made for many years was was the was De Niro in Heat, how he's able to like at the end of Heat, spoiler, nineteen ninety five movie with Pacino and De Niro. You probably should have seen it by now. Um, he's about to get away scot free, like he's at the going to the airport with his girlfriend. He got away with the heist. He's he's going to escape. He's going to live his life. He is done with the game, but he finds out that the guy who fucked up his heist, this like crazy murderer who ratted on him is nearby and he takes an exit. He's about to go to the airport. He takes an exit, kills that guy, but then ends up dying in the process. Like he couldn't let go. And to me, it's, it's sometimes to my detriment. That's like my comedy attitude, which is like, I can't let go of slights, not because they hurt me, but because it's like, I don't like you being out there thinking you can talk shit to me. And that's not a helpful, I I agree. It's not a helpful or healthy attitude. And when I, post really vitriolic things that I feel totally fine about, but I get it. It's not, it's not who I should be, what I should be putting out into the world. But then that raises a bigger question of, well, then maybe this world isn't for me. Like this comedy world isn't for me. I mean, it's, it's making it pretty painfully clear that like, you know, if you charted the 10 biggest comedy out of nowhere stories of the pandemic, I am guaranteeing you nine of them have A-list agents and major opportunities. And I would be the 10th. Um, because I know, because I know all, I know the names and the personalities and the comedians and et cetera, who blew up on social media and stuff during the pandemic. And I am, I am the outlier. And you just have to wonder, like, at some point, does it matter if I'm being blacklisted or if I'm being treated a certain way, or if I'm being, um, misinterpreted or, 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 or pigeonholed, uh, or put in a box that is, that is too confining for my talent. Sure. Probably some of those, all of those, one of those, but at the end of the day, it, at some point, if your happiness is being compromised, then what does it matter? What do I owe? Like, just like, I don't want to let some social media piece of shit think they can just talk shit to me in their talentless, gutless world. I also, at some point, don't want to keep subjecting myself to the whims of, you know, an industry full of weak, stupid, insecure, short-sighted people. Like, at some point, I have to go, yes, that's the reality, and you know what? Extracting myself from that that business might be the best thing for me. Then, of course, I get a message on Patreon yesterday, which was a, a effusive praise of how meaningful my comedy was uh, over the last few years to somebody and how they enjoy all that I'm doing now and that they enjoy my stand-up. And, you know, that feels really good. And you sort of say, well, that's that's a meaningful connection. And it's it's that's 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 even more of a response. That's that's more of a, a tribute than even I think I'm worth. 
but that feels really nice. And does that balance out all the frustrations? I don't know. I don't think it does. And I don't mean this as an insult to the person who wrote that. I think that was very uplifting and meaningful as I was seeing the Miami Heat uh, lose all my money. I thought, not all my money, come on, guys. But as the Miami Heat were losing me my money, I said, some things are more important than money. Like wonderful, heartfelt Patreon messages. That made me feel better than the losing money felt. But that said, it just makes you, you know, what, do you, what, what, I don't, in the words of Donald Corleone, I don't regret, I don't regret the decisions I made. Um, but I don't, I don't actually regret 99.9% of the things I've written and said in comedy. But I also see how fruitless and useless, uh, both the good and the bad are. So, you know, we just, we, 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 I've got the, the week to myself, the righteous girlfriend is working today and then flying to see her sister uh, in Texas for the week. So I have, uh, you know, just me and cookies, just some introspection, get some work done, hit the gym, read books, you know, just uh, a man of letters and, and, uh, of, of, of whatever. And, uh, you know, June is going to be a real month of reflection for me. I think I have no gigs. Um, I have a teeth cleaning, so I'll feel extra good with clean white teeth. Um, but I have no gigs. I am going to see a couple of plays, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think it'll be a good month for me. I'm not taking off the podcast and I'm going to keep putting out the A plus Patreon work that I've been doing. So, oh, by the way, plug, uh, if you haven't yet consider joining the Patreon, once again, it's, uh, it's $4 or $7. Um, it's, you know, it's, I'm putting my, my best efforts out there. So I, I, I want it to be worth it. So if, if you've been considering it or if you, you know, you think you have a down month or you, you want to see me, uh, say things that aren't mopey and make fun content, uh, it's, it's good stuff so far there. Um, a, f- a book review is going up this week that I think is one of the funniest things I've done. Um, even though it's just a book review, um, it's, it's fun stuff. And I think, I think a video I put up there this month, I won't be doing any sketch film. Like, I won't be doing any, like, Joel Osteen-level sketches, but in July we're going to film at least two sketches. Like, you know, if you've watched the Joel Osteen sketch, you know those are more, a lot more involved and technical than the stuff I can do on my own. But I think what I will do for a a sketch um, this month is uh, my mom gave me a bunch of my artwork from elementary school. So I think I may have like an art show in my office, <laughs> which I think will be funny and lighthearted, you know, so that that should be fun. Um, I think that's what I'll put up. But the book review is great. There'll be bonus podcasts um, where I'm even less restrained, although not as negative, oddly enough, less restrained, but also uh, happier or more uh, enjoyable or pleasant. On the Patreon, that's what I want to see. I want to, I want the paying people to see me at my best. If you can't handle me at the free podcast on Tuesdays, then you can't handle me at my best on the pay content. Um, there'll be another Mike Pence gaming episode. But the point is, this month will be a good month. I'm, I'm going to email next week for gigs at all the clubs around the country that I've worked. Um, but I don't know where to go from here because... Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's very, at my best moments, I'm just simply perplexed at my worst moments. I'm like deeply despondent and angry, but this is more of a good moment right now. And I think I'm just perplexed, like that there wasn't one agent or manager who wanted to have a conversation about working with me. Not, not even, and, and people, I, I, you know. I say this all the time, but it's it's just it's still bugging me and and perplexing me, and I I can't I don't know if the the solution is to just quit because if I quit I don't have to ask any more questions I can just go yeah I'm I'm out like it's it's fine like enjoy you know enjoy bigoted serious comedy enjoy weepy serious comedy enjoy like low iq hacks pandering enjoy like wannabe thought leaders who you know read five books but their fans have only read two enjoy that landscape for comedy like ricky gervais i haven't watched his special but i always i always found you know 
I don't know if he and I don't know if Gervais and Merchant are like the Seinfeld and Larry David of like British comedy where like the guy with the glasses is actually the, the deeper comedic genius. But because um, Hello Ladies, by the way, quick recommendation. Hello Ladies. It only lasted one season and a wrap up movie. But my God, did I love that movie. That, I loved that show. Um, I just it was I wish that show had lasted five seasons. It was so, so good. But Gervais, whenever I see him, like I feel like when he's hosted awards shows or when he does stand up, it feels like because he has a British accent and he's like fat, it's like charming and 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 witty. But but like if he talked like a, a guy from the United States, if he talked like a guy from Brooklyn or Philly or 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 I don't know whatever he Chicago, he he just sound like an edge lord. But the British accent adds this like refinement to what basically amounts to like roasting material, which is fairly easy comedy. I'm not above it, but it but it is it is easy comedy in my opinion. Um, but uh, I don't know why I brought up Ricky Gervais, but I just feel like the future of comedy is not great, and it's not for the reason that so many pe- people always assume like. PC is destroying comedy. No, PC is not. I mean, political correctness is having a, a negative role on comedy in some respects, but so is like the reaction to political correctness because then it becomes about being edgy and being responsive and not being funny. Dave Chappelle, one of the greatest, I don't think he's the goat, but if you think he is, I don't think your opinion is crazy. Um, but one of the greatest comedians of all time has become preoccupied with spending like the the a later part of his career triggering people like that's how bad it is like nobody ever talks about that aspect to what happened what's happening they go the left the left yeah well the the reaction to the left is also not really comedy either it's just a reaction to get a response it's not you know Dave Chappelle's first specials out of the gate age of spin I think is one of the five best specials I've ever seen I think it's personally his best work that's 2015, 2016. So that's not ancient history. That was after his long hiatus. But once he got some pushback on some jokes, he just kept kind of exponentially doubling down on the things that triggered people. And I go, you're wasting, like if I were to just sit with him, I'd be like, Dave, maybe you think what you're doing is important for speech or comedy. Maybe you genuinely believe that. But like the best way to do that, be funny. And, and I will say this right now. I have laughed at some of his trans jokes. So I'm not here saying pretending like I'm some uh just totally offended. I I think all of this is wrong. When Gervais says when I read, I didn't see the special, but I read the joke where he was saying something to the effect of I believe live your truth this but meet me halfway ladies, get rid of the cock. I know that's offensive, but it made me laugh. So I'm not here to tell somebody not to be offended. But at least let's like like Chappelle veers into too much lecturing. And to me, that's that's the sin. That's that's when political correctness really wins. If you're on that side is when the comedian stops telling jokes and starts becoming a lecturer trying to rally his supporters. Then you've lost too. you've lost comedy, too. Now, I'm bringing this up because. On the micro level, my career, the struggles I've had, it doesn't seem worth it. But when I look at the macro of what comedy is, it feels like people are settling into their camps, whether it's like ethno-centered comedy. And I'm not just, I'm not talking racially. I'm talking like maybe you like Sebastian Maniscalco because it feels like you're meeting with your Italian uncle who keeps doing the same sort of bits. Maybe you... Um, Maybe you just want to hear a comedian be edgy because you think that's important. But a lot of this shit is just not funny related anymore. And I'm talking about the big dogs. I'm talking about the big stars are like in this war. And it's not just the left trying to cancel people. Sorry, Cookie's being loud. Cookie Bear, come here. Come here, girl. Good girl. Thank you. You can be quiet now. Okay, Cookie's here. She's joined the podcast. Hello, good girl. Cookie's the best. Um, I put po- pictures on social media this week. There was a big thunderstorm in Jersey, and she jumped on the bed. JL's nuts first. She landed right on the nuts. 
So that's a way. Hello, good morning. What time is it? One ten. Oh wow! I thought there was a fire alarm going on in my dick because Cookie just clawed it, um, and then she tried to bury herself under my pillow, and then she hid in the bathroom for several hours. So it was very cute but very sad. You feel sad, but it's it's always as I've said before on the show. It's always a catch twenty two when your dog looks cutest when she's terrified. It's like can we just terrify her a little bit so she looks super cute and take some photos? Um, But the state of comedy, it's just like, and maybe I'm rationalizing the idea of quitting because I really don't want to quit. Like I (sighs) love, as much as I complain on this show, I love comedy. I hate the business as much as I've hated anything. There's maybe only one or two women in my life that I've dated that that I feel as strongly against as I do the business of comedy. But for the most part, like I love comedy i love it It, it's i love making funny things even if very few people watch it like there is such a pride of ownership and creation and when people like it it feels even better and i always found it ironic that that the easter video that blew up for me as trump to this day i i think it's one of my not not content wise not joke wise but i think it's one of my worst vocally and that was the one that blew up. And that was always like confusing to me. I was like, I guess I just hit it right with people, but I never even thought the vocals were very good. I just posted it because I thought it was the, I didn't redo that video because I thought what I said in the moment, which was all off the cuff, I thought in the moment it was too funny. I didn't want to redo it because I thought, well, it's fu- the, the dialogue is so funny. I, I don't know if I would remember to say all that. That's why I posted it. And then everybody, it, it blew up. And it's just funny to me that like, the idea that I didn't even think it was like my best work, but it, but it changed temporarily changed my life for, for, for the financially better, not the mentally or emotionally, but financially for sure. That's just, and it's just weird because it doesn't, what goes on in comedy in general doesn't come is so opposite of what I think should be happening and what I think is right. Both, both for me personally, but also the industry um, it's, it's really weird. And you just sort of go, am I like, you start to go like, am I blacklisted or am I crazy? Because those feel like more realistic options than, I guess I just don't have it. I do have it though. Like I have subjective and objective criteria that prove that I have the goods. So it's like, then, then am I crazy? Am I like, I, I joke sometimes to the righteous girlfriend. I say, am I, am I dead? Am I Bruce Willis from the sixth sense? Like, is that what happened? Like, am I, are we just, am I in a circle where I think people enjoy my shit? And then like, but when I actually try to meet an agent or a manager or get booked, it's like, I don't exist. I just, it's a, uh, you know, food for thought guys. <laughs> But um, let's hope for uh, the Rangers tonight. Prayers, thoughts and prayers for the New York Rangers. I won't be watching the game. I cannot watch the game when I have $1,000 riding on it. Um, but that'll be my last bet for a while because the tax man has to get paid in June for, for earnings that I definitely won't keep. Like, that's the other thing. It's like I'm paying, I'm paying the IRS in advance for money that I'm definitely not going to make this year. But, you know, we want to be good citizens. Okay. But... Um, there were a couple of things I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to probably forget the serious things. But uh, a few things, a few pieces of content that I've watched recently, okay? Like I said with my nephew, I watched, uh, after he was done studying yesterday, I watched uh, the, the new Hulu documentary about XXXTentacion, um, which was informative. Like, I was watching it because this is, like, like a lot of modern music. There have been a lot of rappers murdered recently, in the last like four or five years. And they, you realize like, oh, I'm way out of it. Like I don't listen to music on Spotify or, or, or Pandora. Like I really don't know unless it's in a, in a pharmaceutical ad, I really don't, or a car commercial. I don't really know what's hot in these music streets anymore. And that's unfortunate. Cause I was, I was a big fan of, I, I just, I'm sure there were artists who hated this, but I enjoyed at least getting a pop music education from VH1 and MTV and occasionally radio stations when those existed. But um, now I just, it feels like I can't, I can't get that anymore. Or I don't make the effort because there's too much visual content and I'm too busy with multiple 
streams of income that like I don't make time for music unless an artist that I already like comes out with something. But I uh, I decided to watch this because I was like, well, he was big, just not to me, but it was a big story when he got shot at 20. And my nephew actually liked a couple of his songs. And he was like, oh, let's watch that. And it was TVMA, but fortunately the, the language was pretty rough, but I figure if you listen to the guy's music, the, the documentary language can't be any rougher. But I don't know if it was a good documentary, a great documentary. I, I learned a lot. Um, and his mom was, was hot, is hot. And I did the math and I was like, oh shit, his mom is like 39. Perfect. Let me go get some of that XXX Tentacion uh, uh, trust fund. No, I'm, I'm being disrespectful, but his, his mom was, uh, is a good looking lady. Um, and yeah, that's mainly what I took out of it. But he was, cause I watched the other one I watched was like a three part series on Showtime about Takashi six, nine. And these are these like major kind of viral rappers who became infamous for their, the way they lived their life, part image, part truth merging into like gangster or tough or, or brawler lifestyle. And then also the music, which I found mostly very tough to listen to. But, um, my nephew was like, I didn't care for Takashi six, nine, but, but I did like some of XXX Tentacion's music. Um, and in Takashi six, nine's world, he like kind of aligned himself with some very dangerous, violent gang members to boost his street cred. That wasn't necessarily his life, but it became his life because the merging of the need to project an image. Um, whereas in the nineties, a lot of those guys just came from the streets and they spoke a in much better music, but also uh, with an authenticity. And then it became a kind of thing I think where you needed that, that edge. And I think this is where, where the documentary, I, I sort of, with what my brother wrote to me today and what my nephew was thinking, um, I found it interesting that in this day and age, you have all these young rappers blowing up because I think they're, they have a musical skill set that appeals to youth, but also that social media skill set is at least as important. So you have Tentacion putting up like, fight videos and like violent fight videos which are boosting his overall brand and then also being a popular SoundCloud rapper and similar with Takashi 69 it was like yeah he has this one huge song and becomes popular with that but he's also hanging with a very dangerous set lending it that authenticity whether it is authentic or not it became very authentic for him um when you're involved in like kidnappings and murders. But I think that shows in very visceral detail, the kind of merging of crafting a brand on social media and the more outrageous, just like the same way on Facebook, the more negative, the political article, the more it will spread on social media, even with young people or old people, it's like the more outrageous your conduct, the more dangerous you are, it's going to spread. So it becomes almost incentivized probably maybe subconsciously maybe authentically but it becomes incentivized to be to couple your art with an outrageous negative uh social media presence and that made me think of like with my brother I'm, I, I what I do is not for I don't really do these things for I just they're part of my humor I, I think I'm a fully formed enough comedic entity to not have to try to play to an algorithm that doesn't support me anyway. But, um, but it did make me think, like I said, I said to my, my nephew, it's like, yeah, sometimes I, I see that with some comics and some perspectives. And I wonder if I am sometimes guilty of doing the same, not to this degree, of course, but you wonder, yeah, um, you get in sense, like I fight the, the algorithm. If I post gun control or anti-Trump stuff, it will blow up more. It's like my account has been kind of linked to that kind of but when I want to post a Joel Osteen video I'm going to post it because it's good I just wish it would get seen more like I said my new video with Joel Osteen has um less than 10 percent of the views of my old Joel Osteen video even though I have 30 times the followers and subscribers it's the video has one fifteenth the views of a video I put out when I had, you know, 94% fewer followers. 
So tell me how that makes sense. I don't know, but then that incentivizes you to sort of say, well, maybe if I do Joel Osteen meeting with Trump over gun control, that that will strike the algorithm. And it's like, well, that's, I can't, I can't do that. Like, but if you're a young artist who's born into the algorithm, so to speak, it's almost like the fucking, the entertainment matrix. If you're born into the algorithm and all you know is entertainment via algorithm boosting and outrageous content, then that's going to be probably blurred inextricably with your brand. Like, you're, you're, like it will be very hard if you're a 17-year-old rapper to separate the rap from the social media persona. Like they have to go hand in hand and you might just, you might grow up just being like, yeah, that's what you do. You, 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 that is the art. The art is crafting a brand and, and or selling out versus just worrying about the music. And that's, you know, I don't think comedy is any different. I think it's obviously less dangerous, um, but it doesn't seem any different than that, that it becomes about brand building and algorithm chasing instead of just like, this is what I think is funny. And I'm a talented comedian. So I'm going to put that out there and hope that that's enough. And I think that's a bad place for art to be. But as far as the documentary goes, I think anybody who, um, my nephew really liked it. He made me give it a thumbs up on Hulu. I was going to give it no rating, but I said, if they start showing me like bullshit rap documentaries, I'm going to blame you. Um, but uh, I did find it informative because the guy, and here's why, I, at the end, they said his one of his singles went diamond, which is 10 million copies sold. Now, I don't know if he sold 10 million or if that's, they, they have a formula now kind of with streaming equating to certain number of sales. But he had a diamond single, which is, which is hugely impressive. I mean, like historically impressive. I think they said like only 65 singles have done that. And he had... He, his album, one of his albums, is the most streamed album in Spotify history. So, that, so we're, not, we're not talking about somebody who is merely popular. We are talking about kind of a, 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 he was a superstar in the making. Whether you like his music or not, that makes him relevant. So I'm glad I watched it because I was completely ignorant of his music and his story. Um, you know, I think his hot mom made a super big mistake because he was diagnosed as bipolar when he was like 11 and she had that we wanted to talk it out in therapy I don't want to medicate my kid and bipolar is one of those things where I go that's one of those get medicated that's not like a necessarily not to and I'm not demeaning anybody on antidepressants or, or things like that or anti-anxiety but I feel like bipolar is one of those oh you need the meds that's not a like that's not a let's work this out. I feel like bipolar is one of those you do the meds. Like it's not one of those maybe behavioral therapy or or cognitive work will will undo some of these. I think that's like that's bio that's that's biochemistry. Um, but she opted not to, and I think that was uh, not a great choice. But I, I looked at her and I said, and she definitely didn't get vaccinated. Um, but that body is sick. Get it? Anyway, yeah. So we, we uh, you know, if she needs a shoulder, a broad biracial shoulder to lean on, uh, I'm here for her as long as she gets vaccinated. I'm here for XXX, Mrs. XXX Tentacion. Um, I'm here for you. That's the real moral of the story. But um, what else did I watch? And then last night, because this is the week of content, folks, I got the apartment to myself. All I got to do is stay half black and die. No, sorry, quoting Joe Clark. And that's also just a common, common, anyway, never mind. Uh, I'm now spiraling out of control with random references. Um, I uh, watched The Kingsman, which is the prequel to Kingsman. Now, Kingsman, folks, which made Taron Egerton a star. Um, he, you may, more of you may know him as Elton John from Rocket Man, but he, uh, Kingsman, was an absolute superb, violent, funny action movie. I mean, just a great movie. Really great. So I highly recommend Kingsman. One of the great scenes ever. Um, I would say my... F if I had to just off the top of my head give you my three favorite fight scenes in the movie, number one, Eastern Promises with Viggo Mortensen. They're naked in a bathhouse, and it is one of the most brutal fight scenes I've ever seen. And I'm not somebody who likes to see like massive violence, but it was just such a, you forget the dudes are naked because it's like within like 
10 seconds, you're like, uh, I don't give a fuck if they're naked. This is like stressful and intense. Greatest fight scene, in my opinion, in movie history. I haven't seen every movie, guys. I haven't seen every movie, but that's just my take. Um, number two, Born. I want to say Born Ultimatum. Born Ultimatum had an incredible stairwell fight scene with Matt Damon and the guy he was fighting. But for I think the church scene with Colin Firth, an unlikely action star, the church scene with Colin Firth in Kingsman. I think is in the top is is it, it's top five for sure. But right now I'm not thinking of a of a of a of one that would boost kick it off the metal stand. Um, but Kingsman was great. Then they did Kingsman two, and they added Pedro Pascal, um, known to many of you as the Mandalorian. Whatever to me, he is the guy from Narcos and the guy from Game of Thrones. Uh, that's just one of those things where I go, so we're going to honor Pedro Pascal for the role where he's basically doing voiceover work. I mean, effectively, his role on The Mandalorian is 95% voiceover. But he was so good in Narcos and amazing in Game of Thrones in his one season. And I'm like, and we know him for The Mandalorian? Come on, man. Come on, Jack. Um, but he was in the second one. And I was like, oh, man, they're like boosted. Like, so, so they took one of my favorite movies of a couple of years ago and they boosted it with more substantial talent. And I just didn't care for it. But The King's Man is a little slower for sure because it's like the prequel. It's basically how this organization gets made. But I enjoyed it. I think, it's, I think it's, it's on HBO Max. I think it's worth your time if you've seen the first one. I don't think you need to see the second one. I think you could just watch King's Men and then watch the prequel and pretend like they didn't do... In fact... The prequel is almost set up like there's going to be another movie before the first one chronologically. And I think that's them sort of saying we fucked up the second one. So like we want to reboot in a way and t start telling the story from earlier because we fucked up the sequel so bad that we should just make the prequel the basis. But they might be done with Kingsman movies because this one for pandemic related reasons really flopped. Um, but I enjoyed it. So it's on HBO Max. XXX Tentacion is on Hulu. Um, this week I'm going to watch a lot of stuff. Probably just a movie a day or something, but I'm going to watch Ambulance on Peacock. Michael Bay movie. Wanted to see it in the theater, just couldn't make it. Um, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to maybe watch the Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max. Um... There's a new movie, Emergency, on Amazon Prime that looks kind of appealing. And uh, I'll find something else. But I'm going to watch like four or five movies this week. That'll just be my my content time. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, more videos going up this week. And obviously, uh, if, if you're, you know, I, I do think you should check out the Patreon if you're a fan. Um, I, I hear no complaints. But maybe they're just scared to complain because then I will do a half-hour depressing tirade on complaints. <laughs> no, but it's it's uh it's the stuff that people like from me just ramped up. It's it's good podcasts with even more um, tea spilling. It's uh, Mike Pence Mike Pence videos, which are really funny. Um, sketch videos, book reviews. The book review this month, I'm telling you, like. I just wanted to do, I know people, and maybe it was just, I, I thought the like 10 people who talked to me about books after podcasts made me think that there was like a broader audience for book reviews, but I really, I'm really proud so far of the three book reviews and the one going up this week on the Patreon is like really funny um, because I just, I, I kind of, obviously I, I have all these pipe dreams when it comes to my comedy career, but in my head I was like, it would be kind of funny if like, I became, you know, like like the the working man's alternative to like stuffy book reviews. If it was just like, yeah, I like to read what JL reads because he reads like some of the highfalutin stuff, but he's he's not. It's 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 broken down in very honest and relatable ways. Like I I, I don't know. I, I always do that where I think I have a good idea. So wouldn't it be funny if I became rich and famous for that good idea? But the book reviews are like something I kind of I'm gonna keep doing because. I like them and I know the people who like them really like them, but it seems to be very few people engage like the Pence videos get the most views. The podcast get, get decent number of listens. And then the book reviews are sort of like, 
I think there's a small cadre that really enjoys them. But I, I, I think, you know, if you join the Patreon, patreon.com slash jlcovan, um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, and like I said, this week on Wednesday, we'll go, uh, we'll, I will post the, um, the book of uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, a critically acclaimed fantasy book. Um, it's really fun. The, the review, not the book. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, oh, and an update on the special. Um, might as well just end on this note. Um, so it's been 16 days since I recorded Half Blackface version 2. Um, I have not heard from anybody on it, and I know I'm being passive-aggressive now, but I, once again, to reiterate, I kind of feel like that's my right to be a little passive-aggressive, um, because you'd think after ruining my career in some respects, or a, a major moment in my career, that there would be a proactive level, but this is confirming my fears about it, I guess, that there is no proactive, it's more like maybe if I don't say anything, J.O. will die and I won't have to deal with him again because he's been, he's been so difficult since I destroyed his career opportunity. <laughs> he's really been a stick in the mud ever since I totally fucked him. Uh, <laughs> um, but I guess I'm going to reach out. The Righteous GF was just like, you just have, because she doesn't want to endure me becoming increasingly angry and passive aggressive. So this week I'll reach out and say, hey, what's the deal? Uh, when can we get the album cut up? When can I see an edit of the show? Is anybody going to buy it? No, no, no. Happy voice giving me, telling me what I want to hear. Sounds good. Thanks. This is how I win. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, I, I, I was just, I, I guess I keep, ho I hold out hope that, that people will do the right thing. And that's always not the case that, I, that you'll get treated with respect and dignity in this business, even when it's, you know, when it's owed to you, nobody owes you anything, but when they fuck up your work, I think they do owe you a little bit. They do owe you a little extra courtesy, a little extra respect, but that's obviously not the case. So this week I'll reach out. Um, but I think. I try to mentally prepare myself for, you know, the worst case scenario is that other than the worst case scenario is not that the second taping got fucked up, honestly, because, um, even though there are amazing bits on that and there are moments of a plus level stuff, it wasn't my best. The first one was my best. So, so losing this one will not be as devastating as losing the first one, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, the worst case scenario is, okay, so-and-so watched the second one, doesn't think it's as good, doesn't want to market it. Okay, so we're going to sell the album from the first taping. Cool. We're going to edit together this, and we're going to put it on YouTube, and um, that's where it will live, and you'll make very little money off of it, and it won't be high-profile enough for a publicist to do good things with it. So um, that's it. That's the verdict. You made a good, a, an A-plus album, an A-minus special. No one really cares, and uh, you made uh, a, few, a few bucks. Um, enough to pay like your rent for one month. So that's nothing. To, hey, that's nothing to poo poo. But but that's and I'm trying to gear myself up because I think like the worst case scenario is probably unfortunately like 55% likely. So even though it's the worst case scenario, it's also by percentage of likelihood probably you know gonna happen. Um, the the safe bet on FanDuel would be a thousand dollars on JL's special being irrelevant and not moving the needle at all. Um, but we'll see. I'll find out. I'll reach out this week. I will, um, you know, hat in hand, even though um, my hat was destroyed <laughs> on the first taping. Um, and then I guess maybe I'll have an update for you on the Patreon or on next week's episode. But um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, gotten into some arguments online over forgiving student debt. I don't think people realize what a fucking dumb move that is. And I, as succinctly as I can say it, if Joe Biden appeases the far left, it's the dumbest political move. I'm not even saying it's not right, but it's the dumbest political move he can make because he will be reaching out to the constituency most likely to abandon him two weeks later. Okay, so he gave us student debt, but what about climate change? hasn't done anything on that, can't support somebody. What about gun control? I know he doesn't have the votes, but do something, do something. Um, 
he's going to try. He knows. Like, I'm confident that Biden knows he shouldn't give a fuck what those people say. Not because of the policy, but because politically it would be stupid. But if he does forgive student debt in any substantial way that might appease the left for a week or two, guess who won't forget? Non-college educated middle class people. They will not forget. And I've used my mom as the example of uh, she will never vote for a Republican. That said, she doesn't like the idea of the sacrifices she made as a high school graduate to put two kids through college and one of them through in grad school, um, helping us keep our loans low. Um, yeah, she takes it a little, per- she, she, yeah, there's a little, she takes it a little personally. It's not going to take, she won't take it personally enough. Here's the difference. She's a 78 year old woman who won't take it personally enough to go vote for a Republican or stay away from the polls. She won't take it that personally because she will still recognize the greater good. But the people who the people who say F Joe Biden if he doesn't forgive student loans, you should never try to appease those people if they are that short sighted and selfish. Sorry. We have murders in the street. We have a climate on fire. We had an insurrection less than two years ago. You and your and oh and progressives, Roe v. Wade's about to be overturned. And you look at that landscape and say, student debt or fuck this. I'm not saying debt is not crippling and problematic, but um, tone deaf much? Naval gaze much? I don't know. It seems like you should fucking wake up a little bit and um, not hold the country hostage when literally there are bigger problems. Like I know it may be to, to certain people a huge problem. I'm not denying that. That said, there are still way bigger problems. And if Joe Biden is simply holding the line on shit getting worse, how is that a bad thing? He is politically paralyzed, not because of his inaction, but because we have a political system that too many people seem to ignore in terms of how to pass laws. And if the best we can do right now is Joe Biden stops things from getting worse, is, is, is staying the It's like one of these things. What's, what's better, zero or negative five? And I know somebody would be like, well, if we're talking, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean. Is zero more than negative five? If yes, vote for zero. Now, I'm, I don't think Joe Biden's a zero, but I'm being cynically, uh, cynical on purpose. What's better, 10 or five? 10. Well, vote for 10. What's better, zero or the world on fire? Zero. Let's go with zero. Let's go with nothing over awful. And, you know... I, I don't and I and I wouldn't trust it. Like I said, I think if these people got what they wanted, they are of that mind to go, Yeah, but what about? And I may find you less reprehensible than MAGA, but you're sort of achieving the same result. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I just I had to get that off my chest rather than send angry tweets that would upset my family. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you're having a, a pleasant, relaxing, uh, or if you're somebody who lost a family member uh, in, in combat, I hope you're having a, a, a peaceful day. I hope you find some solace. Um, and uh, if you're not, I hope you're uh, enjoying a big dumb movie because that's how we honor our fallen heroes with, with movies and barbecue. <laughs> So said, but not me, guys. I'm never happy, so I'm always in a somber. <laughs> I'm always in a mourning mode. My my mode is, I'm set. My default setting is honoring fallen troops. That's my mood most days. So even if I'm not actually honoring troops, my general demeanor is: Are you mourning fallen soldiers? No. Why do you ask? You just have that vibe about you, JL. Oh no, no. That's just. There's always something to mourn. So uh, I hope you have a great week, everybody. I hope you check out the Patreon. I hope uh, uh, 
I hope you check out Making Podcasts Great Again. Um, oh, and yes, Boston. Um, if you live in Boston, if you're a Boston person, um, please go get tickets to one of my two shows on July 15th at City Winery. Get those tickets now. I know everybody waits, but uh, why? Are you going to be in Boston on July 15th? Cool. Do you have friends in Boston? Yeah, great. Well, get your tickets now. Let's let's help let's help JL's career survive another day if we like it. Um, so that's it. I guess that's all I have to tell you. Just rattling through if there's anything else I watched or read or saw. Nope. Uh, just that's it. So here, podcast a day early. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your kind words. Um, and I hope this was at least up and down enough to make it an interesting listen. Uh, so thanks. And I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.